Welcome to the Trilingual Podcaster, a show where our guests share their public speaking stories to help us all improve as speakers. We will also discuss presentation tools, technologies, and best practices with the best experts in the industry. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentations, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Doug Holt. He's from sunny and very warm California. Welcome, Doug. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm really happy to have you. And let's start right away. Tell our listeners what you do, because you seem to be a pretty busy man. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that on a resume. So, um, and the reason that is, is I own six companies myself, um, or a, a partner in them. And, uh, but most of my time is really spent now traveling and spending time with my family. In fact, right now is, as we are chatting, I'm actually on the East coast of the United States, uh, right near Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Nice. And, yeah. Right on the beach. It's great. Uh, so it wasn't always like that. And my family and I have afforded the, the, the lifestyle that allows us to travel. And I run my companies remotely. So uh, I always tell people when they ask what I do, I say, first and foremost, I'm a father and a husband. And um, I built my companies around my life rather than the other way around. Oh, that's a good thing to do. I totally appreciate that too, because we're human beings that need to focus on ourselves and our families first. Absolutely. You know, I've just seen too many people go the other route and get successful with one area and you know, fall it, down, unfortunately. Yeah. When it's too much out of balance, that's when we start having second thoughts about what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Tell me, Doug, um, how was the first experience you had as a public speaker? Wow. My first experience, you know, of course, like everybody, I was very nervous uh, uh -huh. talking and um, talked to an audience of about 100 people. Nice. And, yeah. So it was good sized at the time. And, um, you know, I really relied a lot on using my slideshow and everything else that I had. But of course, I had the hiccups that, you know, anybody has when they first, I think anybody has when they, when they first do public <laughs> speaking, where you kind of lose track of what you're saying by watching too much of the audience and wondering yes. what they're thinking about you and really getting inside your head rather than being in the moment. I guess so. But at the same time, it, you don't look like it's been a traumatizing experience because you've done so probably many times afterwards, haven't you? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, it, it wasn't traumatizing. Um, <laughs> and actually was really beneficial for me. And so I actually got asked out of that first time, of course, I thought, wow, I really messed up, but I got asked to do more speaking gigs based nice. on that, which wasn't my intention, but it worked out well. And throughout the years, did you have any challenging experiences that you could share? Yeah, well, I mean, I've had a lot of challenging experiences throughout the years. I've been uh, speaking for a long time to various audiences. But one that comes to mind right as soon as you ask that question is I based my whole talk on a technical subject, essentially. So I have a room, if you can imagine, of all very high-profile business owners and CEOs and I'm going over a presentation, and the presentation is designed to show and identify gaps that they have in their businesses. And I, I decided this time in particular, I was going to rely on my slides really okay. heavily. And I had everything ready. That way, I wouldn't have to memorize everything I was going to say. And the slides would guide me down this 
pathway. Well, of course, I got there and you know, you kind of get prepped before you speak. Um, but when I was ready to go on, there were technical difficulties. <laughs> no slides. Murphy kicked in. <laughs> yes, Murphy was Murphy was there in spades. Um, so I had to go I went on stage and had to wing the whole presentation. And, you know, to be, be truthful, it, it just wasn't a great representation of what I do. Um, Probably you know, not. Yeah. And especially most of my time now is spent, you know, coaching business owners and executives um, on, you know, how to run their business and run their lives in such a manner that's effective for them and identify gaps. So when you're in there and you're having gaps yourself during the presentation, it's hard to convey that message. And what was the learning element throughout that experience? Prep. (laughs) you know, not to rely on the slides themselves, really. And, you know, having yes. great quality slides is, is, is extremely important in visuals, but really to have backup cues and things like that, that I could go into. And for this particular, you know, conversation, it wasn't something that I had presented a lot before. So it was newer to me. And, you know, I running six companies, it, sometimes, uh, you know, fires get put out and I just, yes. I put this talk to the background because I knew I had it all on the slide and I used that as a crutch. That's it. And you're right. Too many times people say, well, I do have my slides. Then when we come in with a burning question, what if you cannot put your slides up? And that happens and you're real life proof that it does happen. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, and you, you know, again, I, I think slides are amazing. You should have a great slide deck when you present, but yes, uh, definitely want to have a backup plan. Absolutely. Because when we don't have technical difficulties, the visuals help us convey better messages, more memorable if they're designed well, of course, if you have wall of text, it's really pointless, but you're right. When we don't have those issues, having visuals would complement in a great way the talk that you have designed. That's a great point. And yeah, you shared a challenge, but I'm sure you probably have at least a few great memories, something that you would want to share with our listeners. Yeah, I have, I have you know, more great memories than bad ones. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. That's right. <laughs> you know, and for a lot of people, probably your listeners, uh, speaking becomes or can become a lead generation tool for their businesses. Yes. I'd imagine. In fact, a lot of people who speak from stage, sell from stage, um, and, and do other mechanisms. So I've done it where, you know, one of the last speaking event I did, you know, you end up, I have a thing, what I do, which is a trick, not a trick, but it's, it's pretty obvious, where I have everybody take out their cell phone at the beginning of the presentation. And of course, everybody expects me to tell them to turn it off, <laughs> but I actually have them text something, right? So I text, have them yes. text something so I can give them a slide deck. And what happens is that, that ends up rolling into about 50 plus active hot leads for me from a presentation, nice. you know, which is a great way of getting engagement though too, because people want to know what's going on. So for this last talk that I gave, I was not only able to get interactivity from the audience, so this was exactly the opposite of the other story I told you about, right? I have my slides, they're working. <laughs> and, <laughs> they're working. <laughs> and it felt like I was having a conversation, even though it was a large group of people, I was able to have a conversation with the audience. And through storytelling and relation, uh, we were able to bring people in. If you can imagine you know, me walking back and forth on the stage, 
and talking, you know, you have that, you know, it's either one of the two things. You have the adrenaline kick in and it's either all going to go bad <laughs> or it's going to go the other way. And you kind of feel like you just won the lottery and you have all this energy and the feed off the audience. And of course the audience, you know, feeds off that as well. Oh yeah. And you make a good point because having a conversation is possible, whatever the size of the audience. And sometimes speakers forget about that. If they are in perception mode, trying to figure out what's the energy in the room, that's when as you mentioned, you can feed off that energy and then it keeps you going and going. And that's the really nice point of public speaking when we try to engage and then they feed off out of our energy and they send it back. That's a great way to, I like it. And that's the great way to spend a day. When I'm on the stage and it goes that well, you were probably exhilarated having such a great talk. Absolutely. Well, I look at public speaking when I do it. Um, I want to have fun. It's like hosting yes. a party, right? When you host a party, the most important rule with having a party is for the host to have a good time. Mm -hmm. right? If the host doesn't have fun, nobody has fun. And so I look at public speaking a very similar way where if I'm having a good time and I can get be entertaining to the audience, uh, I use a lot of humor in my presentations and my talks. Uh, even if they're serious subjects, I'll go, you know, use humor to get people laugh, get them engaged. And also people learn and retain things better through entertainment, right? Absolutely. So, so as a speaker, I think it's our job or my job in any way is to provide entertainment for the audience and be entertaining. Um, and that way I feel really exhilarated coming through. That's a great point. And I really like that. And listeners should really try to keep that in mind because that will always give us better presentations, better experiences if we try to weave in all that you just talked about. I really like that. And even though you mentioned that lack of prep was your first experience, now how do you prepare for a presentation or a speech? Uh, well, first thing I do is I actually outline what I want to talk about. Well, actually, that's not true. The first thing I do is determine the outcome I want for the listener. Ah, uh, great point. <laughs> <laughs> I start there. What do I want them to walk away feeling? What do I want them to walk away thinking? And what do I want them to walk away doing? Those are the three areas that I'll cover before I outline everything um, are those three. Oh, absolutely. And you do make a great point because sometimes when we talk to speakers and they, we ask them, what's the goal? What's the outcome? And usually I have a lot of people there. They just stare at me blank, not knowing exactly what's the point. So if we don't know ourselves what we want to convey, of course, nobody in the audience will get it. Yeah. Well, a lot of my, so a lot of my clients that I coach personally happen to be professional speakers, right? They're the top of their yeah. game. And so when they go in as well, they have outcomes that they want to do because it's opportunity cost, my time, travel, you know, I want to make sure that the audience, they gave me their times, our li most limited resource, mm -hmm. walking away with something that's going to better their life, right? Whether it's in their business or personal life, they're going to get better after leaving this, right? Leaving hearing from me. Um, and so I really want to break down those three items. Then I go through and outline exactly what I want to do and what I want to talk about and how I want to cover it. Um, 
That's a great way to do it. And then in your prep, you probably leave, if you decide that you want visuals, you probably put that after you have outlined your talk, right? You got it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll use the visuals now to, to remind me, That's keep right. me on track of where I want to go and, keep and also to add humor. Yeah. yeah. So listeners, remember that. Just don't go into tool when you're starting. <laughs> what Doug just shared is so important because everything gets a better overall view and a, it's a better preparation if we do it outside of the tool. So that's a great point. Yeah, totally, 100%. Oh yeah, 100% I am with you and that's totally what I tell my clients, just stop using the tool. Let's just do it with pen and paper if you want, whatever technology, if you want something to a drawing board, but don't use the tool. Yes, I agree. <laughs> and we're almost at the end already. And I would like for you to share maybe one or two tips. What would be important tips for people that want to take the stage and do it in a more powerful and even fun way because you're like me, you like to have fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we all should. Yes. Um, that, that's a great question. So I would say, first of all, if you're thinking about speaking and taking the stage, one, do it. Set up a time, put your, paint yourself into a corner, so to speak. <laughs> um, and, and make yourself do it and happen. Whether you get a, you know, get a coach, get guidance, read a book, but whatever you do, book that first talk so you know that you have something on your calendar so it doesn't become a someday event. It becomes a destination event. Oh, that's a good one. Because so many times I hear that, oh, someday I will take the stage. I'm not good enough right now. But how will we get good enough if we don't practice? Exactly, exactly. Well, also, if you have a date, right? A dream is one thing, but a goal is a dream with a deadline, right? I love that, that, yes. that phrase. And so you want to, you know, unless you have an extra life in your back pocket that you know you can come back and redo this whole life again, now is the time to grab the bull by the horn, so to speak, and, and just go after it and really try it. And I would really encourage, you know, someone who's thinking about speaking on stage for their first time or going to a bigger stage, just to remember that it's really just a conversation. It's like being at a dinner party. You're just having a conversation with, with the audience and think of the audience as one person and just have fun with it. If you have fun, chances are, even if you fumble, the audience will have fun too. Oh, absolutely. They're not expecting perfect people on stage for sure and people in the audience are usually rooting for us they they're expecting to have information value and everything but they don't want us to fail so that should be just remove out of the equation if we, even if people are scared of public speaking yeah well i mean define failure right i mean I, if you define failure we know when we mess up as, as a speaker uh -huh. but the audience doesn't and it makes you more relatable, I find, when you stumble and we, you yes. mess your words up, you pause. Now you're a relatable person. You're letting them into your world by being a little bit more vulnerable. And now they accept you even more. Great point. Doug, it really was a pleasure to have you. You shared so much value with the listeners. What I usually do, I always post two links so they can 
contact you, get to know you better, and see the multiple things that you're doing since you're <laughs> such a busy guy. And that will make make it easier for them and you to connect in the future. So I thank you very much for all you shared. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been fun. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and share the show with your own networks to spread the stories and knowledge. If you have ideas or topics you would like to hear about on the show, let us know. You can drop us a line at podcast at shabos, C-H-A-B-O-S dot C-H.